0: Welcome in to the Morning Burrito Podcast at noon on Wednesday. I'm Michael. I'm Eric. And we are back. And I uh, apologize for last week. if You, you probably I noticed. I can't even believe this. You probably noticed if you, didn't, weren't in our, if you don't go to our church and didn't hear from this guy. I mean, uh, I, I messed up last week, so I apologize for that.
1: So you're taking ownership?
0: Absolutely. Oh, I'm that's good.
1: Good. I'm, I'm glad. I just could not believe it. I'm gonna let I you share. My, seeing you're taking ownership,
0: I was wondering why my chair was so low. I was like, man, I feel like I'm shorter than you. That doesn't my,
1: work. You're down to my level. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Low, so, low, low. so,
0: two weeks ago, I uh, it was our first podcast in this new digs that we have, and I forgot to post it.
1: Well, it, it's not even that. We gave a whole Sunday morning to record the Morning Burrito podcast as an entire church promoting the podcast, and then there was no podcast.
0: I know. I messed up. I get it.
1: <laughs> I get it. It's hilarious. Well. Put that right up there with not showing up to a funeral. Oh, wait. You did You did that too. Yeah. Should we keep going? Wow. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: I'm writing a book, and that both those are going to be in there.
0: I'm sure they okay. will be.
1: All right. Well, we uh, – well,
0: I – just got back this week weekend, yeah. this last weekend from a Breakthrough Conference. It's good weekend, and uh, had our friend Jim Ramos, who uh, he's going to be on the podcast sometime in the near future yep. um, with us, and uh, be watching for that. Jim Ramos, awesome dude. Men in the Arena um, was our speaker the whole weekend. Did a great job. Um, but yeah, we had uh, we had revival breakout um, as we've talked about with with uh, on this podcast about Asbury and. And all of the revival that came out of that, the awakening, so to speak, um, we had that on a smaller scale uh, over the weekend, which was really cool. Three separate waves on Saturday night of kids coming yeah. to the altar.
1: Yeah, that's what, that's what Jim was even saying. He just called, and he was like, man, it was, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the waves just kept coming. So, yeah, yeah it good. was really cool. Cause see, so it doesn't even matter if people are all in for Jesus. The Holy Spirit still works. That's right? correct. That outpour, just awesome. So, yeah, good job. Thanks. You put a lot of work into that.
0: I did I yeah. love I love leading this particular event for our district on the Church of the Nazarene. It's, it's a fun, fun thing to do and it's cool watching it come to fruition because there's always the little snags you know I mean you know used snags. to snags. used to run camp, so you, you get it like <laughs> snags. There's always yeah. snags and things that just like are some are like just a
1: hook, like a big hook.
0: and they like dig right into oh, your man. skin and tear yeah. on the way out. but yeah.
1: and, and you had uh, you had one of your youth staff voted into like leadership.
0: Yep. So we have uh our office manager, your daughter, yeah. oldest daughter, uh Gabrielle, who uh is now on our district executive council for Love that students. Kid. It's really great.
1: Taking after her dad.
0: You know what's funny is you think just uh, September of 2020 was her first time going to a, a a council meeting and she's like I don't even know why I'm here. And then two years later she's voted in as an executive yeah. council.
1: So good job Gabriel. That's really cool. So <laughs>
0: Uh, I wasn't on the ballot, so it was great <laughs> didn't have yeah, to get voted no, for anything. No, no,
1: no stress, no pressure, no nothing. No.
0: None. Um, and also good. I uh, I don't know if he listens. I, I think he's listened before, but my friend David also got voted on to that council uh, in our, in our breakthrough conference. So I appreciate you, David, all the work you put in at, at Richland church for uh, the breakthrough conference and proud of you to get on that, on that team. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Good so. job. Well, Hey, uh, in just a moment, we're going to transition and go to our our conversation for today. Um, one of the questions that we get sometimes as pastors is what's with all the denominations. Um, we'll get people who come from a more non-denominational background. They've never gone to a denominational church and, uh, and, and they'll be like, I don't understand the denomination thing. It doesn't make sense to me. Why do I need to be a part of a denomination? Why do I have to become a member? All of those sorts of questions get asked. And, uh, and I've also had people who are not believers ask me some variation of the question, why should I trust the institution of the church mm. if y'all can't agree on things? And so we're going to kind of explore that a little bit. I, I can't say we'll have all the answers, but we're going we're gonna to try and answer some of the questions. We have any answers. That's true. But that's kind of usual for it, us. It's kind of
1: like we don't have burritos either. I'm just saying.
0: Well, somebody didn't go before I know, 11 o'clock.
1: I know. I know, I know. They, they stopped serving at 11 o'clock.
0: From the place we like to get them from in town.
1: Yeah, literally showed up at Gabriel showed up at eleven o two the other day. No, no more burritos.
0: (laughs) You got to get a regular burrito, (laughs) a regular lunch burrito, breakfast burrito.
1: So, all right, we'll be
0: right back. All right, we're back. So there are. Over 450 denominations within the United States. Yeah. Did you know
1: that? No, I didn't. Is that true? Yeah.
0: I mean, or is that well, as according to the internet. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say. All right.
0: I don't know if I. Trust it's as you true me. as
1: the internet. We'll, we'll say that.
0: Hey, by the way, just as a side, so we had last week's episode. We talked about ChatGPT. Yeah. So yesterday in the office, I brought ChatGPT to you, yeah, so that you could it. experience it. Yeah. What did you think?
1: It was scary. It really was scary. It is very obvious by the questions you were asking it, uh, that it is very one sided in its responses. And uh I mean you could I I learned you could even write a sermon, ask it to write a sermon on a passage and it gives you the entire outline of this sermon. Now it, who knows if it's legit or not, but I didn't think I mean, it was kinda
0: of generic, but you know
1: yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's just scary.
0: Well and <laughs> I have seen stories, um, I don't know how true they are, but I would imagine there at least there's some element of truth to it, that there are pastors literally using ChatGPT now to write their sermon outlines or even their sermons. Because I asked it yesterday to write a sermon outline based on a particular scripture, but you can actually ask it to write a sermon and it'll give you a full manuscript sermon, which is crazy to me. When he
1: had returned, I mean, the outline came within, I mean, seconds. It's super fast. And apparently...
0: If you pay for the premium service Ooh. with ChatGPT, D- they'll actually you get it like faster, like it'll it'll move faster wow. for you, which to me is incredible because it already wow. moves fast. It is kind of funny though because if you ask it some certain questions, get it all kind of frazzled like a human being, and so you'll see that little blinking s- square that it's like thinking, like, hmm, how do I answer this question?
1: Wow, well, cool. Let's get into this, man.
0: Okay, so the the question we're going to explore again today is. You know why? Why should someone who is not a believer trust the "quote unquote" institution of the church? If there are so many denominations, and then you know the myriad non-denominational churches all across the country, um, why should why should you trust the institution of the church? So, like I said, there's over 400 denominations within the United States, and again, myriad non, lots and lots of non-denominational churches that are not affiliated. Um, but I think we need to go back, Eric. I think we need to go back to where, you know, all the way back to, to Paul and Paul talks about, I think it's in Corinthians about how some people listen to Apollos. Some people listen to mm-hmm. Peter. Some people listen to him. So there was already division in the church, the early, early, early church. What do you think are some of the causes of division within the church?
1: Well, even all the way back to them. So yeah. So, all right. So you were, you were honest about owning your thing on, uh, not doing the podcast after we gave a whole weekend for the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm just going to close this because I came ready for a different topic today. So, which, which is funny. Cause we talked here, here about,
0: we talked about this topic and we talked about <sighs> the topic you prepared for oh yeah. and you were like, yeah, no, I'm not going to prepare for that one. I'm not ready for that yet. And so,
1: and I came prepared for that one. Yeah, so, it's really funny. All right, so, so your question is why are why do people what distrust? Like
0: what what no what what causes the division with what are some of the causes of division within the church?
1: Well, okay, so I'll give you I'll give you the off the cuff thing. Uh, one is interpretation. Um, you know, how can how can uh, interpretation be different between denominations? Um, so that that be one according to the scriptures. Acor- like what according is according to the scriptures? Scriptural interpretation. Yep. And then. Uh, life application uh, is different. Well, how can you apply Scripture to life today? Because, I mean, it's, it's old. It's antique in the Old Testament. Mm. New Testament is not, it's almost antique, right? But it doesn't really fit today's platforms that we seem to live on. Um, so I think the life application is one thing. Um, that leads into uh, self-belief. Um, this is what I believe. This is how I interpret the Bible. This is how I interpret how to apply it to my life. So um, and I think I see that more and more today in today's church than even five years ago, because people leave churches and denominations, not necessarily because of the, the name that's in the parking lot on the sign, but because that the, there's a teaching in that denomination that does not align with what they think Jesus is or what Jesus was all about. So, I mean, just in pastor circles, we hear almost verbatim the, the same thing of, of, we need to go find a church that fits what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: or, or does what we, like, so it, it could be worship practice, right? It,
1: it could, it could, or it could be, you know, on the whole mission, outreach, loving, you know, your brother, um,
0: Your church is not missional enough. You're not doing things for the community. You're not doing mission trips, you know, across the country, yeah. or world or whatever. So but there's,
1: but I think the number one thing that it, it all, if when you boil everything down, put it all in the melting pot, it comes down to our lack of knowledge about Jesus. Hmm. And I think that's where the denominations we, we lose, we lose sight. Of of things.
0: Well, and in that Corinthians passage that I I talked about earlier, uh, I believe it's in First Corinthians where he talks about Apollo, and Peter, and him. Mm-hmm. And, um, his whole point was that we are not to worship the the pastors. We're not supposed to worship the leaders. Um, we have seen over the years many churches have splits or have minor splits pl- splits splits spits? B- splits minor splits because a pastor leaves. Like in fact in one of the churches that i i used to go to um we had i wouldn't call it a split but we had a minor separation of people because a pastor moved on in a healthy way like not even in a negative way moved on to a new church you know resigned and and went to a new church and the the people who went to that particular service that he led they they didn't want to go to the church anymore because this pastor was no longer a right. part of that church. Um, but I think you're right. I think G- the way we interpret Jesus is, is number one. I think number two is scriptural interpretation. I think there is... We'll, we'll back up in a, bit, in a minute and give some of those, just a couple examples, because I think it's important to give examples of some differences and so that you're aware of that. But um, we also see this in the, in the not-church world. So this is not a phenomenon reserved only to the church. Um, When people ask me that question about, you know, why should I trust an institution that, you know, has such divided beliefs, um, you know, oftentimes people have very passionate political beliefs and are passionate in their particular political party, right? Well, Democrats are not a monolith. They don't all think the same things. Like every Democrat you talk to doesn't think the same way. And same thing with Republicans. Um, You know, that's an institution, the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. They don't all they may vote most of the time the same way, at uh, right. least in general elections, but that doesn't mean they all agree on every single issue. Um, we've certainly found that out over the last few years when you know, it comes to like masking or vaccines or gender ideology. Like, There's lots of things that divide even those monolith institutions apart from each other. Um, the biggest split within the church occurred in... In the early uh, thousands, so I was like, I can't remember, thousand ninety eight, <laughs> some thousand sixty eight, something like that. Um, can't remember my church this year down to the year, but uh, when the Eastern Orthodox Church, as we now know it, split off from the Roman Catholic Church, they call it the Great Schism in mm-hmm. historical circles. Um, the causes of the Great Schism back then were, again, not Jesus; they were. You know, can priests get married? Uh, you know, do they trust the Pope? Is he have infallible speak speech? You know, um, the Eucharist, meaning communion, like all of these things were things that divided the Eastern Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church. And many people know about Martin Luther several years later, who divided, separated away from the the Catholic Church, which then created this movement of of different denominations right i think the one thing we're leaving out though eric is is power power has a lot to do with why people don't trust or why churches separate is because of a lack or a perceived lack of power or institutional authority would you say that's fair
1: yeah there's yeah i'm sure there's there's an element to that i mean i think you see you see the power struggle uh in not just church life but i mean just in you know the the government um or i should say the polity of any organization i mean there's a struggle for for that that power but yeah power power is a huge thing
0: i mean you look at like king uh oh what's his name uh king is it henry was it King henry the eighth i don't know where you're going with it that that separated off from the roman catholic church and created the church of england was it king henry i don't remember anyway there was some english king that created the the the, what we know as today the church of england or the anglican church Episcopal church all same thing um but again that that whole denomination quote-unquote was created because ultimately that king wanted to have a divorce and the catholic church said no (laughs) he wanted to divorce have the imprimatur to be able to divorce his wife And, uh, and so he created the church of England in order to do what he wanted to do and to not have the, the Pope and the Catholic church speaking, lording over him, what he wanted. Um, so power comes into it. Um, can you just in a brief, brief way, kind of help our listeners and our viewers to understand how, how we as pastors theologically separate the church out like the branches just real brief, so that they understand.
1: Separating theologically? yeah. So I think, I think the big thing you always come to is, you know, uh, once saved, always saved, right? There's denominations that believe, you know, you can never lose your salvation, then there's those that believe you, you can. Um, there's differences in what is holiness and how holiness is translated, lived out, and applied. Yeah. Um, it this might, is where
0: we need one of those flow charts.
1: Y- y- yeah. Just let it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Point, so, point
0: so, so you have the the Roman Catholic Churches at the top. Nobody, nobody really split it off of the Eastern Orthodox Church. That doesn't really exist. So you have you have the Roman Catholic Church, and then you had Martin Luther who created Protestantism, but it was really Lutheranism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Baptists, so once saved, always saved, kind of went down this path. So you have Baptists. Lutherans, Presbyterians, they all went down this way. And then you had the Church of England and then you had Methodists and the holiness movement all came through that, that stream. So, I mean, that's the easiest, most basic way to say it. I mean, there's lots of offshoots and they kind of curl off of each other and stuff, but, but basically you have Methodism, Anglicanism on one side of Protestant, the Protestant side and on the other side, you have Baptists and Lutherans and Presbyterians mm-hmm. that kind of filter down um, let me ask you this so so we haven't even touched the actual question yet. Why do people distrust the church generally speaking before we get into the institutional question why do people distrust the church?
1: Why do you distrust the church
0: well i don't i'm I'm a bad example of this <laughs> i I Okay, so you and I, more you probably even than me, we say often that the church is the greatest institution, the greatest organization that was ever created, Um, even with its warts, even with its flaws, which it has many because it's run by people. and People have warts and flaws. Um, But it is the greatest institution that was ever created, created by God for God's purposes. Um, So I, I don't have an institutional trust, distrust, but I can see why people do.
1: Yeah, I think so. So now you're just kind of okay. You've done the church history thing, but now this is what the application comes in. Yeah, the application comes into I've been hurt, uh, I've been abused. I, uh, you know, the you know you brought up the Great Schism, Uh, that actually is the era where the the term uh, the building the wall comes uh, is out of that because that is translated into legalism. So legalism is huge for distrust um, because we put our own interpretations into scripture, so even back in that day, you know that you're building the pedestal right to to reach the to reach the top um you're you're building the wall to separate what you think is bad to what you feel is good um so people, even in our own hearts and minds, even today we we struggle with man what is good, what is bad, and not bad for you is you know, maybe bad for me. Um, uh, so I do think there's there's that is, is huge. I think the other thing that helps people um, when we look at the church and the distrust is they can't get over their past. They can't get mm-hmm. over the hurt. And they forget that the church is made up of, of people who live in the same culture. Um, we deal with the same struggles. We, we live mm-hmm. underneath the same leadership. We have to... You know, we all pay the same taxes, kind of thing. Um, we have life that happens. The difference is that we have a Christ that's in us, that flows in us and through us, and and makes it able for us to heal from the past and not keep living in the past. and And I think that's that's huge. That living in the past and not getting past that is, is it's a stronghold. So there are there are several. I mean, that's just to name a couple.
0: Yeah, there are several. Um, Distinctions between denominations. You named one: the once saved, always yep. saved, um, versus you can reject your salvation at any time. You can choose to turn your back on God. Um, that would require a whole long discussion of why those two are different right. and whatever. But um, so that's one. I think two. You know, particularly like you take the Lutheran Church versus pretty much everybody else. Well, well let's,
1: let's let's go back to that last one you just brought up, though, because we have. Uh, from time to time, we have people that come in and say, "Well, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to now be um, agnostic. Uh, in other words, I'm I'm turning my back on God and Christianity mm-hmm. um, because now I'm going to go this way in my faith, which really is, uh, you know, saying that I don't believe there is a God, uh, in, in or at
0: least thing. I just don't know that the Christian version of the God is is correct.
1: Well, when you look at though the the you know an agnostic, it's 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 like there's, there's a faith there, but I mean, a God can, yeah, I mean, it could be anything. What is it? Right. Where, where I get my, my strength and my power from, uh, to make it through the day. So, so that's real, but that's, that's also a a hurt in the church because we don't, in in the church, we don't want to talk about that, that person that, or, or that, those people because it, you know, we don't want to offend them and then lose them to, uh, to the truth, and reality is we we need to confront that right so so there's there's some hurt there um, that again it 's based on we don 't really know what the bible says so
0: well and and just to be clear, like you 'll hear people from time to time say within the church or outside of the church that the same God that the Christians and Jews and Muslims actually worship the same God right that 's partially true and also very greatly false <laughs> um, it's probably closer to say that with the Jewish faith um, we believe in the same Father in heaven, so to speak, but Jews do not we we believe Jews do not b- believe in the wholeness of God for sure because they don't believe in Jesus and they don't believe in the Holy Spirit as we do so um, but there's also a clear distinction between the parachurch cults um mm-hmm. you know the quasi christian cult churches um you know not to offend anybody but it's just true the mormon church is not a christian church um jehovah's witnesses are not christians um they are jehovah's witnesses because it's a cult it's not a christian church um they don't they don't hold to the the sa- sacred like tightly wrap your fist around a type of beliefs that the church all the other denominations christian uh, christian church church of christ Nazarenes, Methodists, Baptists, you know, run down the line they don't they don't agree those two groups particularly don't agree with the set of beliefs that the rest of us have right. um, that makes them a cult so we just want I just want to put that out there briefly to let you know like we are not lumping them in in this um, one of the big the big uh, separators between churches these days is is how we address communion, so the Catholic Church um, believes that when the priest blesses the elements of communion so the bread and the 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 wine in their case um, that it turns into the literal body and blood of jesus christ Um, and it only happens when it's blessed so it's it's a magical mysterious i think is probably the word they would use mysterious thing that takes place Um, we do not believe that we believe it's a representation and most of the protestant church would agree with that belief that it's a symbol it's done in remembrance of Jesus. It's not a literal, it's not the literal body and blood of Jesus. Um, And then the Lutheran church, um, much of the Lutheran church, particularly the conservative side of the Lutheran church, believes that it just literally is all the time. That when you take it, it is the body and blood of Christ. It doesn't need to be blessed. It's just a mysterious thing that is about that bread. And that, I mean, you could have, the same loaf of bread you take it for communion it is the body of christ you take it just for lunch for lunch it's, it's not toast. it's just toast so uh, again difference in opinion uh baptism is another one um some churches uh will say that you have to be baptized in by immersion in the water in a baptismal tub yep. or it's not a baptist baptism
1: no sprinkling have to be a certain age
0: right yep. um so those are just a few examples of things that divide the church. I think the some of the other big ones is how we um, how we measure governmentally within the church people. Um, so some churches believe in membership, some churches don't believe in membership. Um, even in our own holiness movement, there are churches that don't agree on that point. Um, I think ultimately, when we come come down to it. It's, it, again, it comes down to how you view Jesus on the more serious issues, right? And on the other issues, uh, C.S. Lewis talked about, we have open-handed issues and we have closed-fisted issues in the church. Things like baptism, things like communion, things like um, membership, those are open-handed issues. It's, it simply is an interpretation of scripture issue. It is a practice, practical issue within the church. Things like Jesus is literally fully God, fully man. Uh, that that God created everything that we see, um, and even the things we don't see. That that God is ultimately all good. That Scripture is the inherent, inerrant word of God, meaning it was, it is without error that God orchestrated the writing of the the Bible. Those are things that we wrap our fist around and we we hold tightly to. Those things is that fair? Yep. Um, okay, so now we can address the final, the, the, the real question. So we talked about the reasons why people don't trust local churches, you know, because they've been hurt and so on and so forth. Why do people then make that a broad, I am not going to trust the institution of the church?
1: Submission. We don't want to submit because submitting to the institution means we have to agree with it. We have to follow the bylaws. We have to follow the special rules and regulations, and we don't want to submit to things that we don't wholeheartedly believe in. But yet, we'll go down to the health club and sign on the dotted line and pay our monthly fee to go work at the health club. You know, work out and sweat and try to lose a half a pound. Um, but yet, we don't agree with everything that they're about either. But yet, we still follow through with that institution so there's a spiritual side of us that we just cannot lose sight of is we don't want to submit our spiritual lives to spiritual growth and spiritual discipline nobody likes discipline and nobody likes submission um and i think that's probably the number one thing that that people we work with it always comes down to man i just i just i can't i just can't i just can't do it
0: well because there i mean the truth is this is not just about non-believers people who you know you may be watching this and say i don't Believe in Jesus. I don't believe in this sure. Christian thing, but I think the truth is there are Christians who don't believe in the institution of the church. Yeah. Um, I, I I've I think I've given this example before on the podcast, but my own grandmother doesn't go to church, and she says because she gets she doesn't trust church, the church, um, and she can watch you know <laughs> Benny Hinn or you know Charles Stanley or whatever on right. on on TV. And so she she gets her church that way, and I'm like, "No, you're missing it,
1: but you see there's no submission there. there's no relationship there mm-hmm. and that's no that's accountability the part, no that's challenge. The we don't we don't trust um, you know there's Christians that don't tithe because well, I don't trust a church to spend my my money when really it's not your money. Um, I don't want to be a member of the church because well I don't believe in everything they believe and and, and we lose sight of. I can't, I won't speak for any other denomination, but for us, you know, in our bylaws, we have uh, special rules and and orders, um, you know, to socially live by. Um, If we choose not to live by those, then that's not really a heaven and hell issue. It's the spirit of the heart of what it is that we're trying to accomplish, right? Mm. So, um,
0: well, and that, I mean, Nazarene Church specifically, because that's that's our tribe. That's who we have attached ourselves to as pastors. Um, you know, we hear the drinking issue. <laughs> like there are denominations that don't have a problem with drinking alcohol, um, not drinking water, drinking alcohol. We should have a prohibition of drinking coffee. <laughs> no, you would leave the church no, immediately, wouldn't you? We shouldn't. I'm gonna propose that at our general assembly. Well, there are
1: denominations that don't believe in drinking coffee, so and I'm not part of them.
0: <laughs> are you gonna be? Nope. You wouldn't be, would you? I wouldn't.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but like in our church, it's it's it. There is a prohibition if you're a member of the Nazarene Church on drinking alcohol. Um, and to to our church's credit, it never says that it's a biblical mandate. It says that it's a wisdom thing, that it's wise to stay away from alcohol. Um, but there are people. I mean, you and I have both encountered them that will not become members of the Nazarene Church because they believe that if they if they're going to become a member, then they have to agree with every single thing that the church believes and they have to practice everything that the church practices. So therefore right. I'm not going to be a member because I'm not going to stop drinking
1: alcohol. And that goes back to the health club. There's things at your health club that you don't agree with, or you wouldn't, if you knew what they're buyer, you know, read the fine print, right? Yeah. Uh, your phone carrier, you probably, you know, you, you pay your, your monthly fee to your phone carrier, mm-hmm. but, you know,
0: look at the organizations that they donate money to.
1: You know, yeah, I mean, you pay your monthly phone bill, and you're 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 part of you know the pornography industry, you're part of trafficking industry, you're part of, I mean, on and on and on. And I know those are the sexual sins. We pick on those, um, but those are those are the two big ones that are, are there. That well, I
0: mean, Planned Parenthood, you know, Planned
1: Parenthood, um, you know, uh, probably supporting your you know the, the political party that maybe you're not a member of.
0: Well, and um, the, same, the same would be true. Uh, there probably are people that watch this or listen to this, uh, or at least connected to people who do, who are part of unions. Mm-hmm. Same same thing. You may be contributing, paying dues to a union who then gives that money to people that you may not support politically. Right. So, so, again,
1: it, so stop picking on the church. Yeah, so, so right? why is it the so, church that so gets just singled stop out? That. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop picking on, on the church for that and just, you know, man and woman up to the idea of, like, you do it in every other area of your life. Mm-hmm. Um and you yet, shop at Target, shop at Walmart. And yet you still make it happen. Life still still goes, but that's where I come back to. It's it's about the spiritual submission and the spiritual discipline of our lives, that we can't buy into some of that to the church because of what we said: past hurts, past dealings, whatever. But we don't want to be holier than thou. We don't want to be associated with that church that believes, you know, <laughs> some of those things. We've
0: heard that least recently, uh, haven't we? It,
1: well, I mean, yeah, for the last 32 years, um, you know, I, I've listened to that. And it's like, really? I mean, okay, I, I hear you and I get it. But I think people would be surprised to know that there's things about our denomination, uh, probably not just us, but pastors in any denomination, probably would sit back and go like, there's things I wish were different in our denomination. Sure. You know, there's there's things I wish that were different, but this is where I've landed. This is where you know I. Feel it most
0: like closely aligns with the way God I
1: interpret scripture. God has 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 you know planted me here, and and so here I am. Um, if our denomination goes and turns some corners and gets away from the Bible, I'm out of here. I mean, it's like I'm not married to the denomination, and I think people view pastors as you're married to the denomination. Um, no, I'm I'm. I'm a child of the king. Uh, I belong to his kingship. I'm in his, in, I'm in his family. Yep. Um, the denomination, you know, has been built on these pedestals and has these great divides, uh, which we understand that. So you have to operate within that the best that you can. And, um, you know, the saddest thing for me, and we haven't gotten into this, but the saddest thing is that when people will say, well, I'm not part of a, a church or a denomination uh i i want to say 100% of the time i don't think they're going to church anywhere mm. and and so they're missing the church which is not scriptural or biblical you're made for the church you're yeah. made to do church you're made for the family you're made to confess to one another you're made to love one another support one another so mm. so the idea of watching it online you're not engaged in the church right you're getting a you're getting a spiritual well, nugget, getting, like uh, you said this last Sunday. Yeah, update. I mean, really, a, a, a biblical nugget, nugget out of Nuglet? it. Nugget? <laughs> nugget. It's a nugget. It's like a knuckle in <laughs> a luglet. Um, y- y- you know, you're, you're getting that, but you're not investing, you know, in, in it, really. Well, and you're missing out on community. And that's so, yeah, that's so, what I mean, by investing, you're, you're, you're not getting that. You're not, you're not growing in that way. And, and so there's, there's a denomination. We have people in our denomination that will, that will watch things online and they'll give to things online. There's no there's no relationship.
0: I think it's really important to to if you if you're if you're somebody who has that distrust, or if you're somebody who, you know, maybe has a family member or a friend, you know, coworker, whatever the case is, where they express these sorts of things, that they have a distrust of the institution of the of the church, I would just encourage them on a couple of things. Number one, remind them that the church is made up of people and people are broken and people are flawed. And so of course the church is going to have flaws of, tr- of course the church is going to make some errors in judgment from time to time. And maybe a lot of the time um, there are, <laughs> we could, we could go down the list of the churches that we believe are in serious error in a lot of ways right now. I mean, choices they're making decisions they're making as a denomination or um, as a local congregation, there are bad decisions being made, but we are called by, by scripture to be in unity with one another. And, I know it breaks both of our hearts when pastors at churches in our town or in our communities or in our district even who don't want to work together, who don't want to do do life together as a as the church. But ultimately that doesn't mean that the that I trust the institution less. It just means that those individual people are making choices that I don't agree right. with, right? Um and so so the second thing I would say is we as you said are We are built for community. We are built to do life together. Uh, That's how we were created. And regardless of whether you believe we were created or not, that is the reality. That is what took place. And so um, that's how God put us together. He put us together as communal beings. I don't care how introverted you are. I don't care how much you like to be in a hole by yourself. Um, If you're a hermit, you're living life the wrong way. (laughs) That's not how we're meant to live life. Um, God has called us to live in relationship with him and live in relationship with one another. Um, I I think there's, I mean, you think of just the Trinity in and of itself, God is a communal being, (laughs) like he is, he is, he is, he is a communal being. And so, um, just encourage your, your friend, family member, if it's you, my encouragement to you is that God wants relationship with you, but he also wants you to be in relationship with other people. And there is no better place to be than the church even with the fact that the church is going to hurt you from time to time. And I think both of us would agree the church has hurt us at times too. And that's just part of the reality of living in a broken place.
1: Yep. You know, and I guess I want to end you on the note of of one thing I always try to do as a pastor is when people come to visit uh, our church is to send them uh, the message by way of talking to them face to face or letting them know, try to give them the feeling like it's okay to check out other churches because we may not be the church for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I want anybody to ever do is when they visit our church to feel like they're under pressure to stay at our church um, because making your church decision is a big decision. I mean, otherwise you become that church hopper and then no church wants you because they know you are already been here and here and here for six months and here for a year and here for five years. You need to be planted you need. Mm-hmm. You, you need to grow. You need to set some roots deep, um, and I mean that's the biblical way to do it. Um, so, watching people come in and visit, and then they, they go, oh, okay, and then they come back, you know, two or three months later, and uh, and then the follow up question is, hey, so have you tried other churches? And they're like, you know, well, yeah. And a lot of times it's like, well, this is the one that feels like home, mm-hmm. and, you know. And then they they stay and they get planted, and now they're leading ministries and they're part of our board. In uh, our leadership teams. Um, but then there's times where people go back, and uh, I never see them again yep. until I'm at the coffee house. Or and, at the
0: Walmart or whatever. And I
1: sit there, and I have coffee, and they come walk in, and I was like, hey, hey, where'd you guys end up at church? And then it just blesses my heart to know that sometimes they say, well, we ended up over wherever. And I'm like, man, good for you. I'm glad that was a good fit. But it's really sad because there's also people that you come in contact with and are like, yeah, we're still looking. Really? It's been like four years. You're still looking?
0: Yeah, and you know, you always tell. I've heard you say this multiple times to people, but you know, whenever you make that choice to go to another church um, yeah. to find the right church, put like don't don't hesitate, don't wait. When you find that church that is a fit for you and your family, um, start serving. Yeah, it's, it's not a know, trial. get plugged in. Go. It's not a trial. Hit the ground running.
1: I mean, if you align with, you know, if you think they align with the Bible, not necessarily how you interpret it. <laughs> right, which a, is which is a difficult thing these days. That's a denominational thing, um, and we could make it political in in a hurry. Yep, but but it's a denominational thing. So, you know, if they align with with the Word of God, and the teaching is solid, biblical teaching, and not pastoral opinion, um, I try to be very careful of not giving my opinion uh, in the public. I will give you my opinion mm-hmm. here all day long, but uh, but not to give you my opinion. From, from the pulpit, you know, when we're teaching. Um, keep it biblical. And then to keep uh, the, the mission of the church actually the mission of the church. yeah, um, and, uh, and that mission should be uh, everything on Jesus. Yep. Uh, keeping it all focused on Jesus. If your church that you're looking for is doing that, jump in. Um, if there's red flags or caution flags, the flag color is not going to change. You need to move on. I mean, it just it just isn't. People come here and they'll, I had somebody ask me, I don't know, a few weeks ago about the whole, um, you know, theological debate on uh, salvation and uh, losing your salvation and uh, all of that. And, man, they definitely were not a holiness movement person. They mm. were they they were like, yeah, no, no, I believe, this is what they said, I believe that we can be saved and then it doesn't really matter how you live your life because mm. once saved, always saved. You know, I mean... Anybody who says yes to Jesus will enter the kingdom of heaven. That is very true. For the thief on the cross, right? Who like, yes, Jesus, boom, dead. But there's a there's a lifestyle Jesus calls us to, right? And and, and there there so there is a difference there, right? We we forget that. So yeah, we had that conversation, and they've been back, which good. You know, I'm glad that they can go find a denomination that fits what their theological and their belief is i wish they would stay but i mean i i get it
0: and yeah and i mean why, I would,
1: why stay at a church if you're going to live in turmoil over a belief system
0: obviously best case scenario we'd all agree on the interpretation of scripture and we'd all be kumbaya singing kumbaya kumbaya but the reality <laughs> is that's that's just not how the world right. operates and so why would the right. church operate any different right.
1: so so today whatever you got out of the the church history lesson of the day <laughs> uh I mean you kinda went down the church history history lesson. Okay, I'm sorry for that. And uh and, I,
0: it fascinates me.
1: And and then you get into where are you spiritually? I mean that, that really is what it comes down to. I hear uh people over the years, they're like, Well, Pastor, you know, I'm hearing all different kinds of things and I don't really know what I agree with, so I'm gonna I'm gonna step out for a while. Those people usually don't step back in. Yeah and and i don't mean into church but they don't usually step back into a, a heartfelt meaningful prayer life devotion life uh, they don't step back into a, a journey with their brothers and sisters in life groups and uh and they don't follow through on seeking out a a another church family to be part of so it sounds like i'm, I'm trying to kick people out into different you know find a find a church i'm just saying you you got to settle your heart spiritually when it comes to trusting the church trust in your leaders, because um, I thought we were going to talk about the pastors today and, and why pastors and the roles of pastors, uh, because there is trust factors there, Sure, right? And, and the whole trust factor, you can say it's denominational for a lot of people, but a lot of it is they just don't trust the pastor. Mm. And uh, I mean, there's lots of reasons for that. I mean, just look at us. I mean, sometimes we don't look very trustworthy, um, but sometimes we have to understand that uh, our world doesn't trust anybody. I mean, we, have sec- we put security on everything, right? <laughs> I mean, LifeLock, I mean, just all over the place. So, so
0: Express VPN.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, so we'll get into some of that. But, but that's where I want to leave you today is, is you've got to settle in your heart, uh, you and Jesus. And when you settle you and Jesus, then everything else kind of falls into place. And uh, I believe with all my heart, God, uh, if you're a member of HermNAS, God will put you into ministry at HermNAS. Um, I mean, we've got four new leaders that are stepping into leadership Around mm-hmm. here, because they prayed, they've listened, and now they're acting on what they hear God say. I, think I heard that so before. That is, I know it's like a theme. That that is huge, right? That is that is so huge. But if you're at whatever church you're at, and you're not settled with Jesus, you got to start there. Otherwise, you're going to be a pain in everybody's hindsight, <laughs> and uh, and including yours, because you're never going to be happy. You're always going to have a thorn sticking you in the back. Um, so you got to settle that first. Settle the Jesus question first, and then trust that he and his Holy Spirit are going to lead you in the path that you should go. So that's, yeah, that's even biblical. Yep.
0: To close, I uh, just want to let you know, uh, update. Um, we got Easter coming super fast. It, it feels like it's like right around the corner. Yeah. Um, Easter is April 9th this year. So April 7th at 7 PM, Good Friday service at our church. Yep. Super excited about Good Friday. Um, it, it's we're going to have communion this year, which is the first time we've ever done it on a Good Friday. I was say on Good Friday. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Um, We also have our Easter egg drop, um, which is like one of the most fun things to do, at least from a youth group perspective. My students love doing this. And so if you have a family member, you're in the Hermiston area and you want to have us come and bring uh, eggs to your house overnight so that your kids can walk out in the morning and do an egg hunt um, at your house, please sign up hermnaz.church for that. Um, also, if you want to help with the dropping of those eggs, uh, hermnaz.church Church, and yep. sign up for that as well. And then Sunday morning, really excited, ten thirty a.m. Easter Sunday. It's going to be a wonderful service. We got some creative things that are going to happen this year, and uh, of course, well,
1: even if it's not creative. It's all about Jesus and it's what He did. Right? High praise. That's pretty creative, I think. It's a celebration. Can we and beat that creativity? Not no, really. No, we can't.
0: Well, we can never beat God's creativity. That's let's what be on, I think I just said. Let's be honest. I think I just said that. Um, and then uh, of course, uh, lots of happenings, life groups and things. Dude, you started your your life group back up this week.
1: Yeah, fire pit. Yep, for that's, the men. That's
0: pretty exciting. Men in my house. But, you know, it's been up to several months. 6:30 to
1: 8.
0: Yeah, so lots of stuff going on. Check out her.church. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Morning Burrito Podcast.